Welcome to another episode of Cultural Value. I'm your host, Troy Shear. I am the CMO for Binary Automotive Solutions, the Managing Director for Binary Marketing Solutions. And today we have with us a great guest, George Nenny. George is the founder um, and principal consultant at Generations Digital. And he's also an author of two books, which we're going to actually be discussing a little bit today, talking about digital marketing. It's a car dealer's guide to digital marketing and a car dealer's guide to Google My Business. So uh, I'll let you introduce yourself just a little bit there, George, and um, kind of anything that I've missed out there on, and then we'll start diving into the, the things that I think a lot of dealers may miss in, in the uh, local marketing realm. No, that sounds good. I, I appreciate you having me, Troy, and uh, love, love uh, you know, sharing information. So yeah, so I, I've been in the car business since 93. I started uh, with a business that two of my older brothers started called Dealer Specialties. Uh, we grew that business through the 90s and got it uh, very large across the country. Lots and lots of dealers, I think up to 10,000 dealers at one point. And then uh, that business was sold to Trader Publishing. I joined them. Uh, they made a bunch of acquisitions in uh, digital marketing, uh, DMS, CRM. And I was fortunate enough to run operations for, for C, uh, CRM, digital marketing, and the dealer specialties group uh, until August of 2017 when I left to, to start this business. So a long time in the industry. I love, I love the business and um, you know, uh, happy to, happy to uh, dive in. Well, glad to have you here. And I know we've, we've been talking with some of our previous guests just in, in general about social media marketing, uh, social listening, all of the digital retailing, things of that nature. And I think one of the things that that this kind of falls into that I think may get overlooked sometimes is the importance of local marketing, because we all know that as a customer, you're not going to be driving hundreds of miles to go purchase a vehicle. That dealership has to understand what his, his or her geographic area is for their customers. And I think there's an importance there with understanding how Google my business, especially how important that is. Could you dive into that a little bit and tell people, um, why that's so important. Sure. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, it's arguably maybe the, the, the most important element for a, for a car dealer or really any business. Uh, but you're right about from, from a local marketing perspective, Google My Business has really taken over a local search. If, if a dealership is paying for SEO, paying for local SEO, you know, if, if they're not getting a lot of attention to their Google My Business listing and that provider is not having that discussion, then that dealer may be missing out. So, uh, the reality is today, anytime Google thinks that the searcher is looking for a business or a product or a service, it is going to return to them uh, Google My Business listings, the, the Google Maps listings, essentially. And it will either, if, if, if Google is very sure which business you're searching for, i.e. like the person searches for the, the name of the business, like hmm. Jones Chevrolet, then Google's going to present just one single Google My Business. However, if Google gets a category search, like, you know, oil change near me, they're going to display the, the, the map pack, uh, the local three results of map pack. And that's, you've probably seen it in search before. When you go and search for something in Google, you get one, two, three map listings all together in a block, right? So winning on Google My Business is winning in that map pack for, for non-branded category search. And so that, that's a, a very good point. And I, I think a lot of people, and I know I've talked to, to clients in the past that they're like, well, why aren't we in there? Why, why are we not there right away? We're in, you know, being here in Dallas, we're, we're in Dallas. Why are we not showing up in that map pack? Well, there, yeah. it's, it's not as simple as just, okay, you, you open your uh, business and now you've got, you may have a Google My Business page, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be <laughs> popped right up there in the top. What, what are some of the things that you need to do 
from an optimization standpoint on that Google map pack to get in, sure. you know, be up there. Yep. So, so uh, re really uh, it, it comes down to three elements, uh, um, proximity, prominence, and relevance, those three. And so the first one, proximity, well, the dealer can't move their business, right? So you can't, and you can't spoof Google to, to, to try to win. If you're a dealer in New York City and you're trying to win on, uh, uh, win in Boston for, for you know, Chevy dealer near me, it's just not going to happen. So proximity uh, is the first element. And so you don't have to worry about it, right? Your business is, is, is where it is. And so the other two are really where you got to focus, um, uh, relevance and prominence. So relevance means that Google has a good understanding of what your business is all about, the categories you operate in, and thinks that you are relevant for Chevy dealer near me, but also Chevy brake service, Chevy tires, or oil change near me, whatever that is. And so relevance is really important. The best way dealers can uh, can win with relevance is, is breaking up their Google My Business into three listings at least. So service, parts, body shop, in addition to sales. And so when a dealer does that, and, and, and there's plenty of people, not plenty, but you know, there, there still are people that are arguing against it. And I'm really not sure that they don't really use data uh, in that argument. They just say that just you know, dealers don't need to do that. But if you use the data and you look at the data, you'll see that if you do non-branded category search in Google, um, dealership service pages and body shop pages pull up, but dealer main pages today pull up less and less just because um, you know, those dealers have optimized those pages for those categories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Google only gives you 10 categories for each Google My Business listing, right? And so for fixed ops, there's probably 15 or more categories. And so how could you optimize your sales page where you might have Chevy dealer as a category, car dealer, used car dealer, and then you need to add 15 fixed ops categories to be relevant for that. It just doesn't work that way. So you have to break them up. So I could talk about relevance for, for, for a long, long time. But anyway, so that's, that's the basics of relevance is I think is breaking up your listings into multiple listings and then optimizing each of those listings, feeding it content. And we go really deep on this in the book and, and we really just give you a step-by-step a, a -step full color kind of you know, walk you through how to, how to optimize it. Uh, and then the last one is, um, is prominence, right? So, so we said proximity. Relevance and prominence. So prominence is about uh, reviews and ratings. So if, if you have more reviews than your competitor and a higher star rating on Google, you win on prominence, right? Google feels like you are, you are the best. Uh, and so, you know, you're, you're near the searcher or within a reasonable pro proximity. You have relevance. So you've optimized all your Google My Business pages and you, and you have um, um, prominence. You are, the, you are the top rated dealer. Guess what? You win. You win increasingly more than your competitors. Well, and as you know, you and I know dealerships may not that it's Google's when Google returns a search for you, they want to make sure that it's going to be of the most value to you as the searcher. And that's why they having high reviews and all of those things are so important because they're not going to just throw up any, any dealership or any, you know, from a service standpoint that's up there. So keeping those right. reviews taken care of and really watching those reviews, I think is, is super important. What, um, as far as on the reviews, are there ways that you can do things to make sure that you're not just leaving reviews to chance and also making sure if there is a bad review or two that you're doing something about it in a positive way? Yes, uh, uh, um, reviews are critically important. And, and so I've got some strong opinions there. You know, there, there are some uh, great providers out there, you know, Podium, Reputation.com, 
Um, um, Dealer Raider will do this for you as well. They, they, will, they will help to collect reviews uh, for every sales and lease transaction as well as every closed RO, every repair order. And so um, that, is, that is step one, right? You, you need to contract with a company who can automate that for you. Now, years ago, they used to do what's called review gating where you would try to take the negative reviews and send them down one trail and then the positive reviews and send them down another. Um, you know, Google frowns on that as well as most of the other review sites. There are still some providers that do that. And so that's, that's the dealer's choice if they, if they you know, um, feel so compelled that they want to gate reviews. But um, no matter what that choice is, I do believe in gating the reviews in terms of one-on-one -on -one interaction. And so one of the best ways a dealer can drive up their review uh, rating, <clears throat> get more five-star ratings, is one-on-one -on -one ask. And so either giving the, <clears throat> the, the, the customer a business card, excuse me, a business card with a QR code that takes them right to their Google My Business review uh, to be able to leave that review, or just texting them that short code to their Google My Business page, which is which is available and, and it's, a, it's a great way to do it. We outline that in the book also. Is a, uh, and you know, you're sitting across from the customer, you, you've, it's been a great experience. You got them in and out in, in you know, an hour maybe. They love their new truck, you met their new family. You're saying, hey Troy, it's, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go grab some final paperwork. It was really great uh, meeting you all. And, and um, uh, real quick, I think I still have your phone number in my cell phone. I'm gonna text you if you wouldn't mind. I'm gonna text you a link to our Google My Business page. Troy, would you mind leaving, leaving us a, a positive review and, and mentioning my name in the review? You know, and then you shut up, you know, and, and, and you know, nine times out of 10, if you've built good rapport, that person's going to say, sure. And you text it to them, they do it right there on the spot. And, um, you know, you've influenced that, right? Now, at the same time, if I've got someone who's really irritated or I, I don't have a good feel for that, I may not have that same conversation. Right. But we've seen stores, uh, you know, wrap that, wrap that with a, uh, an incentive plan for the sales team or the service riders. And, and now you're going to drive, you know, double digits or more, 25 or 30 uh, reviews per month and with, a, with a very high star rating. You know, pay plans that say, look, Troy, every month we need from you a minimum of six reviews where your name's mentioned and they have to be five stars. You know, things like that. Well, and I think what you say there, too, is by, by having that type of program in place and making sure that your sales team, service team, whoever, that they are really asking for that review when you get those good reviews, then when you do have the occasional um, curmudgeon who gets on and just has to blast somebody just because they were having a bad day, it really helps you as a brand to go, you know, when I'm looking through, if I see a lot of five stars and then all of a sudden you get a one or two that's in there, it does also make, because you've got all of that, you kind of go look at that um, negative review and go, was well, that just somebody who's disgruntled, maybe a disgruntled employee, uh -huh. somebody that you didn't, you didn't give, give away the store to or whatever. So that they're complaining by having those five-star reviews and a lot of them that are genuine, it, it helps you too to go, okay, this is really true because I, I think that's why, as you said, gating the negative reviews isn't always the best thing because then it's kind of like, well, I, I know there's nobody out there that's going to get five stars all the time. So when you see a few of those that you're like, okay, well, and then it's how do you, as the dealership handle those complaints? You know, right. do you, do you get mad and, you know, fire back at them? Or do you say, Hey, here's, you know, I'm the GM, here's my number, reach out to me. I really want to help you rectify whatever situation that you feel that we didn't take care of you properly and, and that kind of thing. And that goes a long way too, I think, because as human beings, we all know we're going to make mistakes. But it's how you correct problems that also tells you about your character as a as a brand. 
You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, I, I remember a study years ago that showed that uh, uh, consumers are more loyal to brands that have problems and then uh, remedying them extremely well. They, they are more loyal than people uh, uh, are to brands that never had a problem in the first place. So, which, which is amazing. So in, in order to create additional loyalty, have a problem and fix it extremely well. And the customer will be more loyal than if you never had the problem in the first place, which you know, yeah, it, it's, uh, and now I think for businesses, it, it, it's, it's coaching your teams through what, what is called a save, right? Saving that situation, mm-hmm. knowing there's a problem and turning it, turning it into an opportunity to create you know, huge long-term uh, advocacy. And, and again, that's why it's, it's important to make sure that you're always maintaining a, a, um, really a, a daily overview on those kind of things that it's not just, okay, we'll set it for it's, you know, March. Now we're, we're setting everything up. We've got it. Now we're going to let it ride for six months and we might go back and check it then just to see how things are going. It really needs to be something that's maintained and monitored on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, you know, Google's got some great reporting that the dealers can use. If you go into the insights tab and they just recently just did a, a revamp, you can tell that they're, they're building out that, that uh, reporting, uh, uh, in a bigger way, but you can look at not only you know your reviews and your ratings, but you can look at your searches, views, and actions. So you can see how often your GMB, your Google My Business page, showed up in search. How often, uh, how many times someone actually viewed that page individually, and then how many times they took an action, which is an action would be a website click, uh, a click to call, phone call, mm-hmm. or a uh, or a message. And, you know, here's, here's the other part of that data proof. So for dealers that, that you know, are, are skeptical, don't, don't uh, believe what I'm saying in terms of building out those service GMBs, build one out and watch your searches, views, and actions, right? You watch that climb and your other, your other Google My Business won't, won't decline, you know, and, and you'll see you're actually getting additional real estate on GMB and getting additional actions. No, and I think that's something important, like you said, is the information that now on, on the Google My Business pages that you can get, even from in terms of the, the keywords that people are searching to find that, it helps you too, like, you know, geographically, and I think that's important too, because again, if you're reaching out and, and people are, you see that things are coming at you from 100, 150 miles away, you're like, well, number one, why, why are people at that far away mm-hmm, actually right. looking? What, what are we doing? Because then it may be a situation where, you have not optimized things properly and are really wasting what you've done in time and effort to get that optimization done where it's like, you really need to look and make sure that that uh, the activity that's happening is in that uh, geographic zone that you're looking for from a zip code perspective. Absolutely. Yep. Um, One, one more point on the reviews, you know, there's people that respond to every positive review. I think at some point that feels a little bit, overkill or cheesy you know I, I i like to see when dealers will respond to reviews that uh mention names and, and get mm-hmm. personal you know if i if i leave a review and say oh my gosh i loved dealing with troy he got us in and out of there i really loved it the dealer responds back like yeah we we, we really love having troy on our team thank you you know just so i keeps it, it it's conversational and makes it feel personal um, but negative reviews, you have to respond to everyone. And, you know, uh, the old, the old saying goes, if, if you don't respond to a negative review, then it's the truth, right? The consumer reads it and says, Oh, what a terrible dealer. You, you respond back with a, with a very reasonable and, you know, take it offline. Don't have an online argument. Don't debate, boy, we don't Completely. see you in the, in the, uh, in the uplog today, you know, um, instead just, just, uh, take it offline. Yeah. Give a phone number. And, and then now you create doubt. You know, when you leave a, a response to a negative review, you're not leaving it for the person who left the review. 
you're leaving it for all the other people that will view that afterwards and keep that in mind. So really, you just want to come off as extremely reasonable, you know, apologize, you had the issue, here's my number. So the consumer then reads it and says, well, well, maybe this person's just a chronic complainer who left this mm -hmm. negative review. The dealer seems awful nice, you know, so. Well, and, and again, like you said, as, as uh, another person searching and looking, if you see that, that the dealer has gone on and they say, hey, here's our general manager, here's his phone number, please reach out to us. It's like, okay, well, if, they, if this was really, a, you know, like you said, putting that doubt in their mind of, well, he, are they really that bad? Or are you just being, you know, having a bad day kind of thing? Like you said, a chronic complainer, somebody that just loves to get on and, and uh, share their misery. Right. Correct. And then, and then the next step is just push that review down with more positive reviews. Reviews. Right? So, exactly. So dealers will ask, Hey George, can we get rid of a, a negative review? Uh, no, but, deal, but, but you can essentially by just pushing it down with more positive reviews and hopefully no one likes that negative review, uh, which would, which would potentially you know, pop it back up there. So. Which, which further reinforces the need for, like you said, having that process and program in place to make sure that your sales team and your, service team and all that are always asking for that positive review. Mm -hmm. Yep. You bet. So uh, other than those things, what else can, you know, a Google, my business page, there's really a lot that you can do with that now. I mean, initially when they started out, it was pretty much, okay, you can put your information, basic information in, you got your reviews and things, but now there's so much more that you can really on a daily basis, be communicating with customers about what you're doing. If you have specials, sharing inventory photos and things like that. How important is it in terms of also your relevance to keep that fresh? Yes, um, that's a great question. So yes, there are, there are a number of different areas, <clears throat> excuse me, in your Google My Business that you can fill out and and complete or or you know, do posts and and, and um, uh, uh, basically share information that that can help the store. Now the reality is the most important signals on a Google My Business, it, it, you know, uh, and these are these are these are tested by you know, uh, SEO experts who go up and sample Google My Business listings and, and watch which ones convert and perform better than others. But, um, you know, the, the name, first of all, your Google My Business name is highly relevant, right? So, so it, um, that's a double-edged sword. So um, there are spammers that will, that will sometimes create fake Google My Businesses in major metros around dealerships, and they'll just keyword stuff the, the name of the business. And so you want to be on the lookout. So, so I think one exercise is always going out there and look at the landscape and make sure that you're the only Google My Business around your store, that your OEM hasn't, you know, Ford's doing an initiative where they're uh, setting up service parts and body shop uh, additional listings for dealers. So if that's a vote of confidence, you know, Ford believes it. Um, but unfortunately, they're doing that for dealers that already have them. So now they have duplicates and the dealers have to merge them and get rid of them. And so, um, but that's an exercise to go through. So just to make sure someone's not spamming it, but, but also take advantage of that, right? So if you have Collision Center, uh, add Body Shop. So make, make the name of your business, you know, Nenny uh, uh, Body Shop and Collision Center. So if someone are searching for those keywords, that your name is relevant. So that's, that's, that's one small thought. Uh, the other is making sure that reviews have, have uh, key content in there. Now, we can't write reviews for prospects, but if you did have a, a friend or a relative or someone who said, hey, I'd love to leave your review, Troy, what should I say? Just, you know, you don't write the review for them, but say, Troy, just mention the vehicle that you bought, you know, the, the year, make, model. Um, or if you, got, if you got service, mention the service you got. We love our, you know, our new tires for our Ford F-150. Um, and if you wouldn't mind including the word best, if you think we're the best, or the word service, those are some key signal uh, uh, words that, that help 
um, Google rank you more relevant for those searches. So when you search on Google Maps and sometimes on Google search, Google will give you clues as to why certain businesses uh, won the map pack or, or appeared in results the way they did. And typically what they'll show is they'll show review citations. And you may, you may have seen this before, keywords will be bolded. So if I mm -hmm. search for F-150 brake service near me, you know, I'll get a bunch of listings. It'll show reviews where someone in the review mentioned brake service or F-150 for this Ford store. And so, you know, those are, those are important signals. Um, and then one last one is, is photos. The more owner photos a, a, a business listing has, the more relevant Google feels it is. And we see those numbers directly. So we encourage and help dealers to get their, their Google My Business owner photos up over 100 or at least, you know, 10 a month and, and make progress. And you'll see the searches, views, and actions uh, grow for that also. Um, and I know I'm you know, being long-winded, basically no, no, I, there, I, there's, there's tons of additional content. It's just, it's probably beyond the scope of, of, the, of the podcast, but just go to the homepage of Google My Business and it'll walk you through it. It's, it's really good on the homepage. It'll say, hey, this is deficient. You haven't filled this out. It'll kind of step you through the areas you need to fill out. But I think that's interesting that you talk about having those owner photos on there because a lot of times what I've seen is dealerships will have all those owner photos in their Facebook pages or on their Instagram pages but then fail to do the exact same thing in that Google My Business page, which is going to actually provide more value to them in the long run from a search perspective than right. the Facebook or the Instagram. So I think that's a really key area to make sure that people are, are doing those things because I feel like a lot of times they forget about that in the, on the Google My Business side of man, pictures and photos and all of those kind of things, videos, if you can you know, upload those kind of things is so important that it's like, if you're taking the time to do that on your Facebook and Instagram or any other social that you have, make sure you're doing the same thing there on your Google My Business page. I, I, I completely agree. And we have dealers making good use of Dropbox for that. And so, you know, they, they get a Dropbox account and they, they have, you know, all their employees or employees who are willing to go out and just snap photos here and there, get a, get on that same Dropbox account. And then you just say to the employees, hey, if you see something you know, cool happen at the dealership, we get some new vehicles in, anniversary, birthday, a party, a celebration, someone posing, posing with a vehicle that they just bought, um, snap a picture and drag it into our Dropbox folder. And then it's not one person's job to collect all these images, it's everybody's. And then you have your social media director or whoever's gonna be posting those to Facebook or your uh, GMB page. They then just every once in a while dip into that folder and say, oh, here's some nice photos. And they kind of curate that. And now you've got a system where you can, where you can really start ramping it up. But you're right, cross post to, to, to Facebook and, uh, and GMB. And that's something we found too with, with some of our, again, non-auto clients, but doing some things where you maybe have some contests where you, you incentivize people to send in pictures. That, and that could be something with a dealership. Hey, every, you know, for every 50 pictures we get, we'll randomly select one. And if yours is selected, now you get a free oil change or whatever, but that creates an incentive too and just drives more, more value from the customer standpoint. Right. I like that. Yep. I agree. Now, so, and I'm going to kind of separate this question out between B2B and B2C. I think on a B2B standpoint where we're talking with, um, you know, more, you know, software as a service companies and things like that it is important to really optimize for organic search because the chances of you showing in maps are not quite as likely. Whereas if you're going to have, because obviously we got budgets and issues and things to deal with always. If you're going to put uh, money into optimizing something, 
are you better off optimizing that uh, Google My Business page and really putting effort and time into that and kind of from a, just an organic SEO on your site? If you have to choose one or the other, which do you think would be the better way to go? So that's optimizing the Google My Business versus your Facebook page? No, no, versus your actual website page. So your actual website page. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they, they, they really have to go hand in hand, I would say. Um, the, the, and again, back to those citations. So I do a lot of searches and just watch the way that, that you know, uh, um, results uh, display for car dealers. And when you look at that, not only do you see, you know, remember I, earlier I mentioned that they'll show citations from reviews. Sometimes they'll show citations that say, uh, this dealer's website mentioned tire service. So if I, you know, if I'm searching for tire service, you know, Ford F-150 and a Ford dealer pulls up, maybe it shows a review citation, but maybe it says their website mentions that they provide tires. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so the, the, you know, the Google My Business page is, is getting its relevance not only from the GMB page, but also from the website that's entered into the, you know, the website uh, entry for that. And so, yeah, as, as always, I think the, the website's gotta be um, basically optimized for, for SEO, you know, um, a lot of dealers, again, paying for SEO and, and, and you know, they, they just need to ask the questions of what do I get each month? What are the deliverables? Because if, if you ask a provider what, you know, what, what you're getting for SEO, for your SEO monthly spend of 2200 bucks or whatever that is, and they say, well, you know, when we first build your site, we really made sure we optimize it. And every month we kind of check in. You know, that's not quite heavy lifting enough for that spend. So I want to hear things like, you know, a lot, you know, GMB work, Google posts, you know, writing, uh, you know, uh, content pages, short form, long form content, you know, potentially inbound links, something to, 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 uh, to justify that. Yeah, because it's, it's definitely something that you can't just like, as you said, just sit it and okay, we're going to do a little bit and check in because it's, it's that constant new information and that which creates the relevance on both your website and the, the Google My Business page. Absolutely. So now with all that, as, as we kind of start looking through what are, and, and you're going back and talking to your um, SEO provider, what are some of the KPIs that we should be looking for as a dealership? Yeah, so, so I think, you know, basic KPIs would be, you know, is my organic search traffic, uh, so, so, so using Google Analytics and looking at your organic search traffic, is it growing year over year? You know, am I, am I, uh, is it, am I sort of gaining share there? And is that traffic local also? So I want to not only in Google Analytics, look at, look at you know, the amount of organic search, but um, you know, is it in my market? So if I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, that's got to be in the states of Indiana, Kentucky, and um, uh, Ohio. And, and, you know, because sometimes, I mean, we have dealers that, that are paying for SEO packages and they're building, uh, the SEO company is building content pages that gets a lot of national clicks. Um, way out of market. And so the idea there is that, that um, be patient, even you know, they, they get these national clicks, but it should help the domain relevance and eventually give that person an increased local uh, organic search. But in many cases, it doesn't. So we want to have our eyes on, on, on that piece. Uh, and then landing pages. What are the, what are the top landing pages that are, um, that are driving that traffic? So if someone's building content pages for the store, how many, you know, how many folks are landing on those pages each month? Now, it won't happen all at once, but after 90 days, you know, 120 days, we would imagine we'd start getting some, some, uh, some additional traffic there. So those are, those are my, my, my primaries. I also have some ratios. I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't have those offhand, but I, uh, I try to find ratios of organic search for new, for new car dealers, uh, organic search to OEM traffic. 
to try to make sure the dealers are getting their fair share of organic search traffic. So that's a difficult exercise sometimes. You'll look at a dealership and you'll say, gosh, they don't get a lot of organic search traffic. What, you know, but you gotta, you gotta make it relevant. You know, maybe it's a small store. And so you can look at inventory or you can look at the amount of OEM traffic and kind of benchmark that against other same, you know, uh, same make dealers and maybe get an idea of, of uh, if, if something's wrong, which, which in some cases there is. In some cases, the, the site is not indexed well and they're just not getting the, the, the amount of SEO traffic they should, or they, they've only got one Google My Business listing and they're not optimized for service, uh, those sort of things. And so what would you do in this case? Because I've, I've seen this a few times. It happens is you're looking at, you know, watching your Google Analytics numbers and your traffic numbers, and then all of a sudden you, you hit, hit this big spike of, you know, all of a sudden you've gone from 20,000 visitors a month to 60 mm-hmm. and you're like, and then all of a sudden it drops back down. It's like, that's not something you should necessarily get excited about. Correct. Right. Right. No, you shouldn't get excited, but I mean, it gets me excited. I love diving into, I've, I've been doing well, yeah. for sure those <laughs> recently, but uh, yeah, you want to, I mean, you want to find out first of all, what source, you know, where the traffic come from, uh, can't, you know, where did it come from um, location wise, if, if you know, and then if you don't know, if, if it's a big bump in direct traffic, um, you know, what state, what city did it come from? What device was used? Um, screen resolution is something I go after a lot in Google Analytics just because bot traffic is pretty easily spotted uh, by consistent screen resolution in, in, in certain cities. So, Because that's one of the things I've seen, you know, over the years is, you know, you start looking and you're like the, the clients, but we, we jumped up, but, you know, we had 10,000 more visitors this month. I was like, yeah, but if you look, they were on the site for a second. And they came from, you know, China or Russia or, oh, yeah. or, you know, so you get a lot of that, that the spam bots just, just hitting your site. And I think that's something you have to be aware of too. And that's why it's important to look, you know, in my mind, I, I try to watch every week and see kind of what's going on with, with clients because all of a sudden you get that big jump of, you know, 10 or 15,000. And that really affects then all of your, if you don't clean that out, affects all of your averages across the board for when you're looking at from year to year or month to month or whatever, Right. And really, cre- really skews data that now will could, you know, influence you incorrectly. Correct, correct. And that's one. You know, some some of the more advanced dealers uh, uh, use do, uh, Data Studio, Google Data Studio, which, which we we use also. And that's that's really a godsend because when you have those kind of things and you have like bot traffic, and it's super easy just to get them out of your reports. You just filter it right out, and um, you can still see it in analytics, but uh, you don't have to have it staring at you all the time in uh, in Data Studio. And so one other thing we'll talk about here that that I know that you're doing is the uh, GMB spy to allow you to do some things to uh, spy on your competition, see what they're doing, especially if you see them doing well, that you can actually take what they're doing and maybe, uh, you know, expand upon that or at least get up to their level. So tell us a little bit about that. That's right. Yeah. And just, just as a, as a, as a, kind of to frame that up. I mean, one of the beautiful things about digital marketing and SEO and, and, and Google My Business is it's all very transparent. Like you can see if, if, if you're losing to a competitor, you should be able to figure out why. There's enough tools and transparency to, to, to see what they're doing. But yes, so, so um, GMB Spy is a Chrome extension that, uh, that um, we wrote uh, uh, last year. And um, it came out of an article I read that said that, um, I think it was January 2020, someone discovered that the categories for a Google My Business are actually embedded into the HTML on a Google My Business page, but they're tricky to find. So you got to go in the source code of the HTML on that page, and then you got to do a search, 
and you're looking for a, a, a tilde character. And then if you see a double tilde right after that, you know, that's the first category. And just, you know, I went through it and it was really interesting, but I thought no one's going to go through all that work. And since it was so predictable, I thought, well, this is a perfect application for a, for a Chrome extension. And Chrome extensions are just little, little, you know, apps that kind of mm -hmm. hang out on the side in the system tray and you can fire them up when you want to. And so, yeah, so we launched it really for ourselves and we thought it would be a cool novelty for automotive. And, um, it, it really went, it went crazy viral. So, I mean, we're approaching uh, 8,000 weekly users of the tool and it just keeps growing. Most of those 60% uh, are outside the US, but uh, yeah, the SEO community really embraced it. And uh, if you go to the Chrome store, so just go to Google and just search for Chrome store and go in there and just search for GMB spy, or even if you just search for Google My Business, it'll pop up. It's a big red icon with a, with a black uh, spy logo and you can download it and it's, um, it's uh, super helpful. And you have a link on your site too, don't you? Yes, we should, we sure do. We have a link on the site also. So, but so go to Generation Digital first, and then go. That's right. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Or just Google my name. I think if you Google my name, GMB spies all over page one also. Um, but yeah, so categories are super important as as we talked about before. Um, if if you're a restaurant and you add uh, vegetarian as a category, overnight you show up for vegetarian searches. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that absolutely just, just instantly works. And so um, knowing if you're, if you're losing to a competitor in the local pack and you can't figure out why, uh, there's, there's uh, you know, one of the first things to do, yeah, get GMB spy and, and look and see what categories they're using. And then maybe you know, look at yours, of course, and, and, and see which ones maybe you're, you're missing or maybe their primary category is a better primary category than yours, uh, et cetera. Beautiful. And, and, you know, like I said, and that's why I thought this, this conversation was important because I think sometimes it gets overlooked a little bit in all of the more uh, glamorous, if we'll, we'll call it glamorous things <laughs> in, in, in uh, digital marketing. But I think it's, it's a foundational thing, kind of a, a basic blocking and tackling that if you don't do, you're kind of, you're, you're fooling yourself and, and really not, you know, it's, it's something so basic that you, you just almost overlook it. And that's why I feel like, dealers really need to think about this if they can't do it themselves make sure if if they hire somebody in from a, a digital perspective that's going to be man, maintaining their digital marketing in-house make sure that they're you know th those would be some of the first questions i would ask somebody like that to get gather their understanding of google my business and, and just basic local search before right, or, or, or you know or an agency if you're um, working with an agency to just make sure that they have those basic things in place because those can be some really easy wins for you without spending tons of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Google, my business, I mean, it's all free. I mean, yeah, well, honestly, I mean, probably take an afternoon to complete it and not much time. And so I, I just, like I said, that's, I, I hope more dealers pay attention to these, you know, like these simple things because I, uh, you, you hate them to get, you know, cause again, all the other stuff is great. I'm, I'm definitely, it, it can't be any one. There's no silver bullet. So I'm not saying that Google, my business is a silver bullet nor is anything else. It's, it's understanding how do you develop all this together and make sure that you're laying that solid foundation here mm -hmm. and then building on it with all the other things that you do. So you're right. Yep. Well, is there anything we've missed? I'm, I'm kind of looking through all my notes of what was in the books and all of that. So, you know, as, as much as we can explain. Yeah, you know, sure. In, in 30 I, or 40 minutes. I, I think, you know, one of, one of my big, so we're, we're closing in on four years uh, in, in uh, doing the, the consulting piece. And this has been the, I just love what I do. And I love being in dealerships, uh, you know, every day, every week. And, and you know, it, um, it, it occurred to me early on consulting, and this is the part that, that's probably the funnest part of my job, 
is that you know um, dealers are 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 um, you know not short on intelligence. Dealers are smart operators. They know their business really well. I love learning from the dealers on you know just just you know how they solve problems, where they go to for information. If you ask any dealer, you know how was how was last month in used cars? Did you make money in service? I mean, most good operators know exactly where to go to get those numbers. If you ask them which of their digital investments uh, gives them the best ROI, you know they they might say, well, I don't know, we do okay with Auto Trader, and we we've been with pure cars for years and just, they just don't have good metrics and numbers to say, yes, I know we're doing well because of these KPIs. And so that, 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 that's the goal of, of what we do and what a lot of other people in the industry do is to educate dealers and to say, look, digital marketing is not that tough. It's just a bunch of acronyms and stuff you've not heard before. But once we, once we teach dealers how this all works and, and, you know, they come back to me after three or four months and say, George, I had, a, I had a digital vendor come in and pitch me on something and I asked them four or five questions that you taught me to ask and they had no idea and they're going back to, you know, the, the dealer is so proud of themselves like knowing how this stuff works and I just, I applaud that. And then ultimately our consulting, we end up probably consulting ourselves out of a customer eventually because they, they, they understand what's going on, they know how to do it and they can just use the reporting and, and uh, answer their own questions. Well, and I that think was the impetus of the second book, by the way. The, 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 sorry, the Car Dealer's Guide to Digital Marketing, the second book was right. just to do that. It, w- it was to take a dealer who knows nothing about digital marketing and, and almost like digital marketing for dummies. They would be able to read that and, and now have a seat at the table and ask questions and say, look, I, I know this stuff well enough that I can you know, hold my vendors accountable. Well, and I think that's something important. And that's why I, with, with this podcast too, that I, I really want to be able to share information because especially in, in the digital, you know, everything is changing so rapidly. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just in the last five years, what has changed? And that's the thing. You know, a lot of these dealers have been in business for 10, 15, 20, 30, for, you know, 40 years. They understand that part of the business, but because this is so new, you mm-hmm. really need to have somebody, like you said, that you can trust to go, okay, let me educate you a little bit so that you know what's going on so that you're not getting fooled, that you can ask the right questions and yep. really be engaged with what's going on. And, you know, as a, you know, as a dealer, especially, I mean, they've got so much on their plate, they can't know everything and be everywhere. And that's right. why it's important to help, help them help their general managers and then just across the board, be able to understand what this is that, and that, you know, if you are a solid vendor and that you're there to help, you can a- answer those questions and become a sure. partner. And again, more the more education you can provide, and this is what I've seen over the past 20 some years, the more you can educate your client, the longer they tend to stay with you. That even though, yeah, they know how to do it, they don't have the time to do it all. So if they feel like, yes, I can trust George, I can trust Troy to tell me, you know, tell me the truth and that they're working for me for my best interests. Right. I think that's yeah. really the key that, that we have to look at this. We're not just selling, you know, SEO services. We're, we're, it's really about knowledge. And if, if we can educate people, they're got, we, we all know edu- educated customers are the best ones because just like from a, you bet. A, yeah. a car dealership, when, when you can come in and you can educate that customer and they've been educated by information that you've provided online, they feel like, okay, I'm making a solid judge, you know, judgment and purchase here. I'm not being, scanned. Right. Correct. And I, I, I advise agencies sometimes that, you know, one of, the, one of the best things an agency can do, I think sometimes is pick out the problems and the mistakes in their own campaigns. Right. So, so don't be ashamed. I mean, I get discouraged when the agency will come in and say, Hey, Troy, guess what? Good news. 
we're killing it. Everything's killing it. All the, you know, all the campaigns are, and we know that's not the truth, right? We know there's, there's always going to be a couple campaigns that didn't, didn't perform. Maybe we experimented. I mean, I, 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 you know, I tell dealers, Hey, look, let's, let's put, let's be willing to put 10 bets on the table knowing that two or three may not work, sure. but we stop them right away. We stop them after a week or two, or we stop them that next month and we experiment because you know, everything's trackable. We can do AB testing. You know, we want to test and experiment a lot. And so the agency, I think gains credibility when they come in and say, you know, we tried that service campaign last, last week with this offer, you know, it was a bust and we really thought it would do much better. It really didn't. So we stopped it. And now we're going to pivot it and try this with a different audience and see if this doesn't work better. Now I think the dealer trusts because they, you know, they're, they're not willing to pick, or they're, they're not afraid to pick on their own campaigns and they're really partnering with the dealer and being transparent when stuff doesn't work and, you know, taking credit when stuff does. But anyway, I think that's an important point. It's kind of like the, you know, having all five-star reviews, people start going, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> something's right. not right here because we always, you know, and I think like you said, it, it's, and this is something that it's, you know, an agile marketing is kind of a concept that I've been really studying in, in, you know, the last year or two. And it's really what you're saying there. It's that fail, fail, small, fail quick, get it figured out. And by doing those things, you see what was wrong and can adjust and improve. It's, yep. Yep. you know, so do as much as you can, as quickly as you can based upon sound knowledge, but when it doesn't work, don't keep do it, you know, and don't be afraid to, like you said, don't be afraid to say, man, it just, just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. And I, I, I've, you know, on the education piece, you're exactly right. I've seen, you know, auto trader, cars.com, Edmonds, uh, Carfax, they do a good job. Car, car gurus really doesn't make that investment. The others really do in terms of a field sales force who's educated. And so, you know, I, I've seen, you know, cars and Edmonds are now getting data studio installed for dealers, uh, as part of just a transparency thing. They want to show their traffic. They want to show the dealer their other traffic uh, out of Google Analytics. And so that automatically makes the reps more knowledgeable because they have to implement that plan. And so I think those steps, I applaud those because now they're going to be a more trusted and valued resource. And, you know, dealers often, you know, uh, fire reps before they fire technology. You know, if they don't like their account rep, if they don't like their you know, customer support rep, whoever it is, you know, they can get rid of great technology because they just don't like the people they're dealing with. And that's, that's another big discovery over the last few years is, you know, technology is important, but, but that touch point to the customer is everything. Well, let's about wrap it up. We're getting at about 45 minutes here. So I it's know been a great discussion. Uh, no, it's I, been I a great discussion. I'm, I'm I was going to say, I'm, I'm, just maybe, maybe throw one or two tactical points that you would say, Hey, if, if right now, if, if you, have not started doing something like this, what are some quick things that, that a, a dealership could do? What should they do? One or two quick points to say, here's how you at least get things started. Yeah. Uh, on the Google, my business, I mean, we, we hit a lot of those. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just give it, you know, a lot of dealers pay um, you know, way too much for paid search and they don't really know the right questions to ask. I'll, I'll give a couple of tidbits here. You know, if a dealer is paying for paid search and you're sitting on your monthly review calls and they're talking about impression share and budget and loss to budget and you just, and you don't really understand, you know, what good looks like and you're having trouble, um, ask, ask them to dive into keywords. So ask for a list of the top 100 keywords that you bought last, last year, uh, last month. And if you can get them into Excel, that'd be great along with, you know, some, some key columns like cost per click and how well that, that click performed in Google analytics. But, you know, show me a list of all my keywords sorted descending by cost per click. I want to see my most expensive clicks and my least expensive click. And then I want to see that for broken down by branded, non-branded. So I want to know is my branded, if, if, if my brand, if my dealer brand is a, is a surname like Nenny Chevrolet, I should be able to get that click for less than 50 cents 
maybe less than 25 cents. The best agencies can get it for less than 10 cents or a nickel. And so I want to, I want to drive my branded cost per click down. And I also want to have good visibility on that. And then also have them sort those keywords by conversion. So which one drove my conversions and which one is not driving conversions and which keywords are, are, are showing very little engagement on my website. And so force the agency to really get down and inspect their keywords. Um, and I think you'll find a lot of answers and you'll find a lot of inefficiencies. Um, typically if the dealer is buying used car, using paid search for used cars, uh, the, all those used cars terms will be the worst performing uh, investments they're making. So stop those investments. But uh, Anyway, those, those are a few, you know, paid searches where mm -hmm. dealers can, can find the, the biggest, biggest uh, savings for sure. Well, I'll say this, just, uh, you know, being in this business for the time that I, you know, the last 20 plus years and understanding these things from the Google side, anybody, uh, any dealership watching this, I would highly suggest that you get in touch with George because he knows his <laughs> stuff, you know, so um, I, I appreciate well, you. you. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very serious and it's, it's nice to talk to somebody that, get you know understands it and really truly can educate somebody on what's going on and not just be throwing around jargon and acronyms and things like that so i i would say anybody that watches this sees this or you know reach out to george because he is on point for sure well, thank you you're very welcome well i thank you for your time i i hope you enjoyed this as much as i did and i um look forward to uh finding the time again to uh We'll, we'll dig into some more digital uh, marketing Sounds good. It's been a great discussion. Thanks for having me, Troy. All right, George. You have a great day. Take care. You too.